0: Thank you. All right, this is kind of an experimentation here this morning because I can't stand for very really long. So just imagine me about seven or eight inches shorter than, than normal, okay? Uh, before we get started, I want to go ahead. Let's open with prayer. Thank God for this day, for the beautiful day we've, we've been given. And uh, remember to thank God for the Olsons and uh, allowing us the privilege of being able to come out here today and uh, just be together as family. So let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, your tender mercies that are fresh and new to us every day. Thank you, Father, for the love that you give us through the gift of your son Jesus, a ransom paid by him that could not be paid by anyone else throughout history. And yet he came willingly to die for us. We ask you today, if you would, Would you make us more aware? Would you open our eyes to that fact? Would you help us to understand more fully the love that you have for us in that gift? Uh, We we count our many blessings every day, and that's great. That's good. And, And yet at the same time, sometimes we miss the greatest blessing of all, and that's thanking you for your Son, for the love that you've given us. So this morning, as we worship you this day in a cool breeze in may we just say thank you thank you for your holy spirit being here this day for we know that no matter where we are where two or more are gathered together there you will be and so it is we ask you now if you would this old servant of yours lord just give him the words to say words of love uh words of uh challenge perhaps maybe today but in all things may they understand just how much we love them and how much you love them so so bless us to that end we ask you this morning Uh, may the words that are about to be said now be the words that come from you and not from me we ask this all in jesus name amen Amen. our scripture this morning where we're this is a salah sermon this is i get to pick So I picked, and today is coming from 1 Corinthians 12, and this is going to be verses 12 through 26. It's fairly long. Uh, If you can stand, please do. If not, that's totally understandable. That shows your respect to the Lord no matter what you do. But stand with me as we read 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 26. Here's where we are told by Paul, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body "...though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body... That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as He chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honor, all rejoice together. I'd like to add one more verse to that, and this is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. This, I think, may be just as important as any of the other things that we have said. <clears throat> now you are the body of christ and individually members of it grass withers the flowers fade away but the word of our lord will stand forever amen church amen Amen. thank you you may be seated great now for my next magic <coughs> wow. That came out of nowhere. I'm going to give y'all a question that on the surface seems perhaps like a, a simple question. We may have a blanket answer to a, a blanket question. I don't know. But I want you to stop and consider this question after, I've, after you've given it some thought. Not at the end of the sermon today, necessarily, though some of you, it may be a simple formula to a relatively simple question for some of you. Chances are we may not get a verbal answer, though I'm not sure we would want to give an answer that necessarily would be vocalized even today. This is one that takes some thought. We may try to explain our thinking. Maybe we even try to explain it away, but here it is. Do we really care about each other? Well, certainly we do, elder. I mean, come on, what's wrong with you? We sit here, we listen to you and the elders week after week. We pray for others when we're told to. We go to the covered dish lunches. We talk to everybody at church if we, if we get here early enough or, if, uh, or after church if we stay long enough. But trying to do that's really hard because the ones I want to talk to are always talking to somebody else. I'm not going to tell them that I love them because, for the most part, I don't know them well enough to be able to use words like that. I'll now make an understatement to you, one I hope that you'll agree with me on. Would you agree or disagree with me on this statement? There is nothing more important to us in life than relationships. Well, you can go a bit deeper on that before I make my decision, yes or no. Let me me throw a little bit more out here to you. We have relationships all the time, don't we? We have relationships with family. We have them with friends. We have them with workers. We have them with co-workers that we're close to. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't think anybody's going to argue with any of those things. All well and good, right? Well, how about a relationship with those whom you desire to spend the rest of this life and eternity with? I just swallowed a bug. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that was weird. Do I? It is, isn't it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) If I start talking really weird, you know it's a bug talking. First verse of our reading today says what? In essence here, the human body has many parts, and the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. This is not the only place that the Apostle Paul uses this analogy. And while this reading may be the most significant use of the analogy, he does the same thing in the book of Romans. He does it in other places other than chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He does it in Ephesians and he does it in Colossians. We talked so much about discipling people, how how to get out and build relationships with others to, to bring them to the body of Christ. And then what do we do? Maybe we we'll let somebody else befriend them when they get to church. Or or maybe they just go off and fend for themselves when they get here. I again ask the question do we really care about each other? Maybe I can change the question to ask how much do we care for one another? <clears throat> Ephesians four twenty five. For we are members of one another. Are we really? This conversation that we're having today is aimed at one person. Y'all look around and see who I'm going to say. It's me. If this monologue is useful to you, feel free to use any part of it that you so choose. I have to ask myself some very hard questions, though, as I go. We've had many visitors in this church since I've been here, I guess now a little over three years. Did I reach out to every one of them, ask their name, and welcome them and thank them for coming to worship with us on that day? Truthfully, no. In our pre-service time, do I go around and talk to everyone sitting and having coffee? No. I can't say I do that either. How about after church? Do I take the time to talk with everyone and find out what's going on in their lives? Nope. Another zero. Do I pray for everyone in our directory? Wow, is it getting warmer out here or is the sun just shining on me a little bit hotter right now? Have I or do I reach out to those who have lost loved ones or to those who are experiencing some difficulties at home? How about just calling those who may be about to undergo surgery or maybe who have just had a new baby? You pray to be a better leader of this church every day, Elder. And yet, what do you do outside the confines of the tenish to 12-ish hours that we are here on Sunday morning? I have to admit, I don't have this conversation with myself as often as I should. How about you? Ever had a heart-to-heart with yourself about our relationships with Our brothers and sisters in Christ here at Hill City. I titled this sermon, We Who Are Many. The end of that title should be, We Who Are Many Are One. And then maybe ask the question, Are we really one? I want to look at Acts 2 for just a second. Now remember before Acts 2, arguably only Jesus knew that there was going to be a long-term body that would carry on his examples, his beliefs, all the things that Jesus was, was about going, uh, going to be enrolled in, into a perpetual body from that time until his return. It's called the church. Look beyond the day of Pentecost when Peter and the others had been engulfed with the Holy Spirit. I could not think of a better word than engulfed by the Holy Spirit there. And we know that 3,000 charter members signed up to be part of that special body known as the church that day. But it didn't end there. And herein is the key. Go to verses 42 of Acts 2 through 47. And you'll see that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They fellowshiped one with the other in the breaking of bread and praying. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And day by day, they went to worship together. And they supported each other with their finances. They ate together. They praised God together. And lastly... The end of the formula here. The end of verse 47. The Lord added to their number daily. Not just every once in a while, but daily he did that. That was the formula for the early church. They cared for one another on a daily basis. Not on a Sunday alone. See you next week. Hope everything goes well between now and then basis but every day the arp church has been known for some time to be a connectional church a relational church and yet how many times have we perhaps visited another arp church while we were on vacation or or whatever and found the people of that church rather cliquish they certainly will, will relate all right to those that they know and have known for some time are we that way I'm not saying we are here before everybody gets up and walks out on me, okay? I am not saying that at all. I am asking you a question. We are, we should be at the very least committed Christians. That is, we should be committed not only to Christ, but we should be committed to each other and to reach those outside our household of faith. Psalm 95 verse 7 tells us that God is committed to each of us He is the shepherd of us, His sheep. And though many of us perhaps didn't have the luxury of a good, caring family relationship while they were growing up, here is the place that we should learn what loving is all about. We should be able to make a difference within the family that you have now. Have you ever thought about that? I I just was sitting here thinking, am I gonna be able to tell this truthfully? Or am I gonna be hypocritical? We all should work hard at trying to create the love relationships we have within our own families. But sometimes that's hard to do. We should take care of each other during illnesses, When we feel great, we should learn to be more open about how we feel about others. Do we do that? Are we capable of of doing that? In the way that we want to be more open to folks outside the church, we have got to learn to be more open inside the church. It's common sense. (laughs) What I'm telling you today is not something that's, that's news, hot off the press, or anything like that. This is something we all know. It's something that we all understand. Isn't our job as Christians to reach the unchurched? Isn't our job to reach those who are not only between churches, but most especially, aren't we about bringing the lost to Jesus Christ? Should that not be? Our number one goal, if you have a good, caring, biological family, remember you've got a church family that can use some of that same caring as well. On the opposite side of that, allow yourself to be loved and cared for. Ah, you know, preacher, I wasn't raised that way. We didn't tell each other we loved them when I was coming up. We didn't even act like we cared for each other in my family when we were together, except my mama. Everybody had to tell them, I tell her she, she was loved. Folks, there are times, and this is going to sound weird, but there are times you've got to learn to fake it until it becomes real for you. Don't be afraid to love, but don't be afraid to be loved. And if you have to force yourself to do it until it becomes real, and it will become real for you, then do it. I came from a family that did not show emotion. That was just who my parents were, okay? We knew we were loved. There was no doubt about that. But it wasn't displayed for the world to see, okay? We we would never be known for who we were if we had to depend on a, a display of love from my parents, just very frankly. Is that how we want the church to be made known? I learned to say I love you and to hug and to be an active part of a loving family through my dear wife and her family. At at first, to me, it was kind of hokey. I used to think, oh, boy, here we go. But you don't stay around a family like that for over, well over 50 years without coming to terms with simple words like I love you, without learning how to give a hug and and receive one and being able to receive those words and actions and reciprocating said words and actions. I was hardcore without meaning to be when I was younger. I'd show love to my wife, but that was just about the extent of it. Not anymore. I'll tell every one of you all, i love you in a heartbeat. But the fact is, I mean it. Why? Because you all are my family, like it or not. (laughs) <laughs> That's how we should be. Every single one of us should be to know I could call on any of you all for for help with something and know that you would if it was all possible, you'd be available to help me. That's what I mean. That's how it should be with our members and even to those who perhaps maybe have been coming for a short time, maybe even for a while, I don't know. I believe we all need to make a commitment, or perhaps a recommitment, to caring. But don't you see, caring in this manner has a ripple effect. Because if we get into the habit of caring, being concerned for one another, you have to know that that feeling is going to spread into our everyday life with our co-workers, with our neighbors and friends, maybe even that family member that you have a hard time getting or staying close to. Understand now that sometimes it takes a lot of work to care about somebody. Some folks just make it hard to do. But well, Don't let that deter you. Just do it. Maybe it's because we have a hard time to heard uh, them talk to others. And when you come up, they just sort of clam up and they don't talk anymore. Or, or maybe it seems to you that some folks just purposely try to avoid you. I get that. I think we all have cases like that in our lives. But maybe there's extenuating circumstances. You ever thought about that? For some, maybe they don't hear well, and perhaps maybe you talk so quiet, they can't understand you. Don't just assume that they've got something against you. Maybe it can't be helped. I go back to the early church and the way they worshiped and fellowshiped together. And the church grew by leaps and bounds. Now think about that for a minute. Yeah, I know we worship together. Okay, that's one box check. But fellowshipping together? Maybe even studying together? The session has devised a plan to help us fellowship together. It's called our microgroups. It doesn't necessarily take having an elder there to lead you. Although, if you're a bit unsure of yourself or your knowledge of Scripture, maybe a few times an elder to assist you might not be a bad idea. But you can start a micro-group, just as was said earlier this morning, with just a husband and wife team. Maybe conversation about the important things of life, knowing and applying the Scriptures to your life, will lead to more in-depth conversation between husband and wife. You never know. The possibilities here are limitless. But they're limited until you take that first step. Yes, we who are many are one. We who are some, from so many various backgrounds, from so many areas of the country, we are all one in Christ. Does that eliminate the young? Absolutely not. We should make them feel important. When we baptize a child like we did a few weeks ago, I think it's important that we introduce that child as the newest member of the church. Does that mean that they're able to, to have vote and take the Lord's Supper and all? No, that's not it at all. It reminds us, though, that we are now a part of, or they are part of the family. And they count. They mean something. We ask one question to the congregation when we baptize either young people or or even children or adults. Do you promise to take part in the nurture and admonition of that person in the Lord? In other words, are you going to help teach them the ways of the church and the ways of Christ? That, to me, is as important a promise as you will make anywhere. Because you are saying to that person or to that child and to their parents, yes, I will make that child feel part of the body. They should get the same care and concern that every adult or child gets at Hill City Church. We've had a number of people lose loved ones recently. We've had others that have lost very, very dear friends that have been good dear friends for a long period of time. We probably all know someone who has experienced some really difficult disease. We've had, especially during that stupid virus that came through here for years, we we had this time where when we were trying to feel together, what was happening Week after week, we were just being driven farther and farther apart and made to feel more and more alone. Most churches, anyway, this church was different because we met right here. I'm proud of that. Now, everyone's pain is very real. I I don't think anybody can argue with that, okay? And I know that it is hard to reach out to someone else that's going through some very, very difficult pain in their life. But it's at that moment that we perhaps need each other more than we do at any other point in time. Think about that. So we need to be so very aware of our brothers and sisters around us to help comfort them, yet perhaps at the same time, we're being comforted as well. All right, I admit this has been somewhat of a mishmash, maybe state of the church address this morning. Maybe it's made sense to you. Maybe it hadn't. I don't know. But I will tell you why every once, that we need every once in a while to hear a sermon such as this, just to kind of keep our feet on the ground, you know. First, we need to remember, though, why we need a sermon like this. We need to remember who we are and who we belong to. We are the church of Jesus Christ. We are an extension of our Lord and Savior. We help maintain and promote growth in Christ's body, the church. Second, we need to remember what our job here on earth is to be. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, the Great Commission. We are to go out and make disciples for any and all who will come. Not so much come to Hill City Church, though that would be great. We are to be concerned with bringing the lost to Christ and connecting them to Christ's body, the church. Connecting is as important as discipling. For without it, chances of a new convert remaining faithful to the cause of Christ, though not impossible with all things God, is possible with God, but it becomes a whole lot harder when you don't have a family, a a church family, to be able to connect to. And believe me, Satan relishes those types because he is always looking. He's always prowling like a lion to devour another victim. But it's for that very same reason that we need each other. And that leads to, third, we need to remember that we belong to each other. We are to be in the world, but not be of the world. Because of our beliefs, because of who we belong to, because we are not to think like the world, we belong to one, and that is Jesus Christ. But we're to belong to each other as well. This this place should be our safe haven. I'm not talking about building. I'm not talking about farmland. I am talking about you, this place. And who you are. We should want to cling to each other. Our reading this morning tells us that the body has many members. And yet we are one body. Maybe a good way of putting it is to say we who are different from each other all belong to each other. Again, hokey, I know, but it works. And lastly, if we truly care for one another, don't you think we ought to show it? First John 3.18 says this, Little children, that's us, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Think about that. John's saying here that we don't need to say we love someone else and then pass on by like they mean nothing to us. Just again, checking off another box to make ourselves feel better. We need to show our love for each other through what we do For one another, no matter if they're a member here or not, no matter how long they've been attending here, no matter how long we have known some folks here than others. At some point, you didn't know those folks, did you? Y'all ain't been lifelong friends forever, have you? No. Y'all became friends when you got here. Think about it. Now, you feel closer to some than others. I I get that. But give yourself a chance. You may be missing out on someone really, really special. And don't forget to encourage them. No matter what might be going on in their life, or in yours for that matter, we all need to be acknowledged and encouraged. It's a lot to absorb, I know. I I understand that. And it's not going to change overnight. I get that too. But let's we as Hill City Church... Let's make a concerted effort to be more of a part of each other's life. Because I promise you, it'll be the best thing you can do for yourself and for everyone else here at Hill City Church. But remember ultimately why we are doing it. It's to to be the glory of God. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you. We praise you for this morning. We thank you for this wonderful day. But also, Lord, as difficult as these words may have been, we thank you for the harsh lesson. We thank you for the reminder that we really need to have periodically. We're human. And uh, as I've said before, our minds at times are are good, good and short. And so we just ask you today, would you bless us with a, a desire not only to please you, but to love one another. Because in that love for each other, our love for you is going to increase. Bless us to that end. We ask you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Oh. Well, it's still going. I did something to it. Ah.